Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SFM.
Mulefe of the Hookup Dinner founder there joins us now. Of course, he joins us at a somber time, at a happy time, playing African Sky Blue of the late Johnny Clegg. It's 2109. The date today is the 17th of July. And we have to talk hashtag Thursday business. Tell us about the Hookup Dinner, sir. What's this all about? Uh, a network of emerging entrepreneurs across Africa uh, where we connect, engage, and we contribute to each other's success. It's basically a platform that ensures that uh, young entrepreneurs across the continent are doing business. How do you get these people from all over the continent to be in one place, young people especially, people who for the most part are starting out Mm. in the entrepreneurial journey? Mm. The the, the logistics of getting these young people with all these ideas Mm. in one room before we can talk about the connections that are established and whatever mm. springs from there. How do you just get them in one platform, in one place? Think about church, right? Uh, lately, we're making an example about the charismatic church because there's, there's such similarities. And the, the, the main thing for it is that uh, we gather. We get together on a, on a regular basis. This is once a month. And uh, we're... Sorry about that. So, so we get together once a month. Um, we invite each other through social media, and it's a gathering of young minds that are sharing ideas, that are brainstorming, and uh, through that brainstorming, it's, it, it then gives birth to new new ideas that come out of there. The hookup dinner for those who have just joined us is a sub-Saharan African network of emerging entrepreneurs brought together by three core values, the connect, engage, and contribute to each other's success. The hookup dinner is hosted on a monthly basis in various cities in the country and select countries in the SADC, East and West Africa. In serving the bottom of the pyramid, as it were, entrepreneurs, especially entry-level startups, they are intentional on educating startups of the opportunities to trade that exist across Africa and create connections between stakeholders that scale up startups. Startups in Africa, for the most part, don't enjoy the kind of infrastructure as, say, startups in the UK and especially in America. Yep. And they certainly don't get the kind of reception to entrepreneurial spirit, if you will, mm. certainly that the UK and the US especially does. In other words, in the US, you get a sense that startups are encouraged. Before you go and get loans and finances, you are asked the question, how many times have you tried this before? Yep. You know, how many times have you failed? What have you learned? What are the lessons? Yep. And it is those answers that you offer that are the equivalent of collateral Whereas here, for the most part, notwithstanding how great your idea is, the question is, where is your collateral? And startups seldom have any. How do you get around that? Um, Community-driven. Um, and we do it, it was initially because of survival, that we had to go the, the community approach. But we found that it's, it's, it's one of the USPs of being African. We share most things, and we can see that even in how stock files are thriving, um, they're moving from savings into investments. And... That nature, the nature of uh, using the power of the crowd, there's something special that we should be tapping into, that we should be doing a whole lot more and should be uh, highlighting more in the media. Um, I I look at uh, the average entrepreneur that comes out of FAD, uh, that is starting out, that needs uh, service or that needs um, funding. And we've often found ourselves that um, reaching out to the very same crowd that's in the room and saying, hey, guys, um, how about assisting this uh, young person? And we, we tend to do it with ease. So 
I, as much as we hear the Silicon Valley talk mm-hmm. around entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. how fail fast, fail often and whatever, the only challenge that we face as Africans is that uh, we are not taught to scale. Uh, we don't come from an environment of uh, scaling businesses. Uh, we, we start businesses because we must survive. Our mothers take us to school on the same uh, small businesses that they run out of, uh, whether they tuck shops or out of taxi ranks. Why do you think businesses generally here don't enjoy the kind of support and education and sort of mentality of learning to scale. Why is that an issue here? That's got to do with modernization. Uh, Our infrastructure is behind. We're probably 100 years behind the rest of the world from an infrastructure point of view. (coughs) So we've got to find other ways to leapfrog. I mean, if you look at the Kenyans, they completely jumped uh, the the computer age and went straight into mobile and like mobile banking and that type of stuff. So it's a, it's about adapting to our to our environment and understanding uh, what is going on here and then adapting our solutions to that. I mean, I, I remember not so long ago, uh, I was in a taxi in Zimbabwe, and we paid with eco cash. I found that to be quite interesting. You can't do that here. Why How does that work? Uh, eco cash is like sending an e wallet. Um, I, I was like in a taxi. <laughs> this is very interesting. So they don't have. Why wouldn't it work here? Because you sound skeptical about it. It wouldn't you? work here. Everything is about the environment and whether it's needed or not. In Zimbabwe, there's no money. Uh, your money is worthless, and um, for the most part, you're going to struggle getting it out of the bank. So obviously, going the mobile money route is is, is the way to go. Here in South Africa, we've got enough money, and we. We, we've got an environment that allows for, for, for such to, to flourish. And therefore, it's, it becomes an option. We don't really need mobile money as, as a thing like you, you can transact because <laughs> there's, there's cash everywhere. Let's talk about Rwanda because you mentioned Kenya. I'm interested in how the engagements are with young persons and entrepreneurs from Rwanda are because mm-hmm. they seem to be doing all the right things, certainly the sounds of things. Yeah, I mean, run East Africa is great on PR, right? Eh? <laughs> Must just say. Is it more PR than reality? I I think East Africa is 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 a model in how to tell the African story, and we should emulate the great things about it. I think South Africa, for instance, and uh, SADC as a region, we tell terrible stories about ourselves and we start believing them. We're not doing so bad, you know. Um, in Rwanda, I love the infrastructure and I love what goes, goes on in that environment. Um, we're still yet to see unicorns come out of there. We are still yet to see great startup stories come out of that environment. I mean, we've got a third Kigadi chapter that, 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 that is in Rwanda. And one of the guys that um, we're close with this comes from Burundi and is based in Kigadi. It's, 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 a natu- it's, it's an environment similar to what you would get in, in any other city, whether it's Joburg or, or Harare or Accra. Um, there's still a lot that we have to leapfrog on as Africans when it comes to startup culture. And maybe the approach should be looking within as opposed to looking across the seas. Isn't this narrative that they are good at selling the very basis of the inspiration that is necessary to in fact create the reality that is otherwise told about Rwanda and the like in East Africa? Because mm. America does that very well. They sell yeah. you more than what they give you. Yeah. I mean, even the Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese fix everything and they build everything in, the, in their space, but then it just it comes at a cheap cost, you know. So there's there's pros and cons to every nation, 
and what we should be looking at is what is our USP within uh, where we are and how do we leverage off that. Um, what we've often found is that the power of collaboration is working pretty well amongst uh, young Africans who don't have resources. Um, and as a result of that, you're able to thrive even though you've got limited resources for, for growth. <coughs> We're in conversation with Mr. Lebu Molefe of the Hookup Dinner. He's the founder there, which is a platform for engaging SADC East and West African entrepreneurs on a platform whereby they can connect, engage, and contribute to each other's success. This is Thursday Business, and we are in conversation with the Hookup Dinner. If you want to contribute to this, 0891104207. Please WhatsApp voice notes, 0614104107. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Keep your thoughts and comments coming on our Twitter handle at SAFM Radio or at Songazo Mabega. Let's talk about the last core value, contributing to each other's success. What does that mean? What does that mean? Before you answer this question, I'm told by Lesejo that we have to take a quick ad break. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On the viewpoint. We're talking to Lebu Mulefe of the Hookup Dinner, the founder then, telling us more about how they contribute to each other's success. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, I had to explain what it is to contribute to my little five-year-old Uko. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's what you what you start realizing that the the simpler you go with language the the better it becomes for everybody from a communications point of view and for us when we talk about contributing it's it's to make sure that we're nurturing each other as a as a community uh, and as a community of entrepreneurs in about 14 countries now um, mm. what has made us stand, stand the test of time and this is our seventh year uh, running this movement and we've even stepped into places like the UK. It's mostly been driven by the fact that we are contributing to each other's success. So uh, little things like helping each other with with, with our pitches. Um, a thing that often happens at the hookup dinner is that you will stand and, and share your idea with, the, with your peers in the room, and then they will find ways to help you refine that idea. And most times it's people contributing to you without you having to necessarily give anything back and uh, knowing that you will pay it forward as well when your time comes and we we've seen i mean with with the the type of talent that has come out of the platform um due to the crowd contributing to to uh, each individual just recently uh we we raised off the floor about 110,000 rand in our tarekurleni chapter and these are people listening to pitches and saying, I'd like to contribute X. Uh, they're not looking for equity from you. They're not looking for anything. They're just looking for ways to contribute to, to, to ensuring that your idea thrives and they can help you and help you to move forward uh, from where you are. There's this perception that, generally speaking, Africans don't, and this could be a South African phenomenon more than it is an African phenomenon, yeah. don't really understand the solidarity aspect in business. Certainly not like what we see more and more mm -hmm. is the East Africa culture, for instance, you see what the Somalian community has been able to do mm -hmm. in terms of how they've been able to establish and take over the informal trade, retail informal trade. Yeah. And also you see from gentlemen and women from the Far East, Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, yeah. and, and, and the like. Do you get a sense that that through this platform will improve or will only expose it on a more proliferated scale? It's definitely going to improve. Everything is born out of necessity. The Somalians, the reason they're thriving the way that they are is because of necessity. If you go to Somalia, you will understand the environment there. Only South Africans thrive in Somalia. And I'm talking about the army camp, and it's quite a huge army camp that we have there, an army base. So if that is the case, 
where must they go? So they, they find new places to go to where, where they can uh, start business. And even in the countries that they're in, I mean, the average Somali who's in South Africa, and I do quite a bit of business with them, um, you find that they, there's like five or six of them living in the, in, in the same room or they're living in the same uh, shop that they're selling out of. And same with the Pakistani culture, quite a lot of poverty that comes out of Pakistan. And uh, the reason that they hear all Bangladeshis, uh, same uh, happens with them. So they are forced to be communal. They are forced to, to do business amongst themselves it's out of survival and it's good that out of that survival it's it's born a new culture and a new spirit that ensures that they can thrive out, out of this thing that they're doing and i don't think we're being fair as south africans to ourselves when mm-hmm. we say we are we, we are not in solidarity amongst ourselves because the average uh, uh community in the township looks out for one another um it, it might be on a very small scale but people know that they are not alone this is why you will not find hobos in townships but you will find them in big cities so africans in general regardless of where they are are communal in nature and they take care of each other what we haven't learned um, is the business world in terms of uh, leveraging of the power of technology for instance uh, to to move things forward one of the things that we did out of the hookup dinner is that we we often uh, crowdfunding off the floor and we're raising big amounts of money just from the uh, the crowd and we decided Let's get together and find a way to commercialize this opportunity. And uh, a company called Brown Sense, um, it's la- the, the largest group on Facebook. Um, there's um, Zoha Africa Investments, which is which is a, a network of black professionals and mostly doctors that have come together and are saving money and they're buying and buying all sorts of businesses. And then it's us, the Hookup Dinner, which brings entrepreneurs together and a company called PayPal. We came together and we formed a company called the People's Fund. We've just crossed over 10 million crowdfunding and funding small businesses that are looking for 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 to be enabled for to 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 service the economy in different ways in 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 their different areas of operation so that just simply tells you that africans are doing something and it might be small but it's definitely happening and it can only gain momentum moving forward last question before we move on to our next guest let's talk about the advent of the africa continental free trade area and how this offers opportunities but more specifically where the low-hanging fruits i love that term low-hanging fruits (laughs) for startups and for Mm. smaller businesses to capitalize on the platform that is now on offer across the continent it's it's about taking the opportunity to first travel africa and find ways uh, to travel cheap. Um, we as the Hookup Dinner, for instance, and having launched chapters across the continent, the one thing that we often do is that we couch surf. So we'll get, gather a group of South Africans and say, let's go to Zimbabwe, let's go to different countries, let's go and see what's happening. And because you've got locals that are hosting you there, um, it becomes cheaper to access that country and actually understand, hosted by a local, to understand what's going on economically. And what we should be doing on the back of that is lobbying uh, business chambers. Um, there's enough information within chambers. There's enough information on the net itself um, uh, within the African Union um, that will tell you what you need to be doing. And we we are not tapping into enough around tourism, for instance. Um, there's a massive opportunity to be making money without even having infrastructure as a as a new startup uh, that, that is tapping into that space. Um, there's opportunities in, in places like Mozambique, for instance, where they have natural resources, but they don't have ways of producing that further. And, and us as South Africans, we can leverage off each other in terms of that. And we, those are the type of opportunities that we should be tapping into and, 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 and looking at how we can help each other across the continent using this continental free trade agreement. 
All right. Thank you so much. I just want a slight correction there for those at home who might be sensitive, and I certainly am. We try and use the term people without homes or persons who are homeless oh. as opposed to hobos. Is I that a fair correction? Thank you so much for your time. Thank but you. lastly now, lastly, what is next on the calendar of the hookup dinner? Um, the hookup dinner turns seven this coming August and mm-hmm. uh, in different chapters. So you just need to go online and search for the hookup dinner and you will find enough information about the, the next event. In Joburg, it happens on the 2nd of August. Mm-hmm. In Twane, it happens on the 1st of August. In the city of Ekuruleni, it happens on the 1st of August as well. So oh, you've got heavy days ahead of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we don't sleep. Um, and it's, 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 it's a joy to do this kind of work because we're seeing the impact. Yeah, servicing the bottom of the period entrepreneurs. They are intentional on educating startups of the opportunities to trade that exist across Africa and create connections between stakeholders that can scale startups. For more information on this, please contact Mr. Selebo Khomolefe of The Hookup Dinner. He's the founder there. And the email address is info at thehookupdinner.com. It couldn't be simpler. Info at thehookupdinner.com. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us and all the very best for your program ahead. We're going to play Impi now of Dada Johnny Clegg before we move on to our next conversation with Mr. Tim Legg. Stay tuned.